0: Hi, everyone. It's Tuesday, July 14, 2020. My guest today is Dave Lime. Dave is currently the head coach of Staples High School RFC. Dave has an extensive rugby background spanning 40-plus years, from his introduction as a youth in Australia to his playing days both abroad and here in the United States. We discuss all of this, including his progression to coaching, influences and philosophies, pathways to success, and the future of U.S. rugby. I honestly can't think of anyone more versed and knowledgeable on these subjects. Stay tuned after our interview for some final thoughts. And as always, thank you for listening and enjoy. All right, you see the other cord button, there, Dave? Yep. All right, Dave. Uh, good to see you. Uh, good to hear from you. Thanks for taking some time to come out on the Journeyman podcast. Um, like I like we spoke the other day, and your name kept coming up in rugby circles, and uh, I knew I had to have you on the show. Uh, we have some mutual acquaintances and uh, within you know uh, rugby coaching. And uh, again, thanks for coming on. And uh, if you could just introduce yourself to the audience and maybe a little bit of a background into your introduction to rugby and your playing experience.
1: Thanks, Rob, for having me. I really appreciate it, mate. Um, yeah, look, I've been uh, I've been coaching now for about five years. Um, I've been involved in rugby since I was four, um, so I'm coming up on my forty seventh year or something in in the game. So to speak, whether it's been playing for thirty, coaching for five, and following the game for the other bit. Um, so yeah, so it's uh, you know it's a great game, and, and I'm, I'm able to give back now, which is which is really important to me, and it's re- it's really good.
0: Yeah, where, where where so where did you play? Where, where was your?
1: I I I I, uh, I played in Sydney, Australia. So I played uh, I I played in school, um, and then I played club rugby in a town I grew up in, Eastwood. Um, played for my school, Barker College, um, and um, and then I went into a bit of sub districts as I um, after I'd finished with the club, played for. Um, King's Old Boys played for Linfield uh, Rugby Club. Um, and they're sort of more one day a week is okay training, turn up Saturday's fine sort of thing. <laughs> right. So you've really, you've really seen the progression of the game, so to speak.
0: Uh, um, moving, you know.
1: You know, it's, it's funny you say that, mate. I, I, I was actually talking to someone today. So um, I'm actually watching a show on Netflix at the moment. Um, the English game. It's actually about soccer football yeah actually sorry great 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 program and um you know they were talking about then back in the 1800s of paying somebody to play right and um i was saying i remember when rugby union turned professional and i i'm not sure when but it had to be just been 20 years ago or just a little over 20 years ago yeah um i was devastated at the time that it went uh professional i i i I'm a big believer in you play this game because you love it, not because you're getting paid for it.
0: Right. A sport like I sport like this, it's uh it's uh it's taxing to say the least. Yeah, I think it was what the first World Cup was like in the late eighties, right? Eighty seven, I
1: would eighty seven. Yeah, I right? went to that. Nineteen eighty seven was around the corner from where I grew up.
0: Oh yeah. And uh you say Sydney, I was actually um I was in Sydney in two thousand three for the World Cup. Um so I got the opportunity to see that. Um so that was one of my great, you know, rugby memories, and I wish I, you know, I wasn't so young and dumb at the time. I would have, I think, I would have appreciated it a little bit more. But uh, yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, you had a good time. That, that was you that know. was
1: the that was the Johnny Wilkinson. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I was standing behind the goalpost that night. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, that wasn't very nice. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, we we saw about five matches we went up and down the coast. It was it was it was a great experience. Um it really great opened great. up my eyes to the the global context of the sport, so to speak. Oh. You know, coming from a lot of traditional sports and then uh like you said, uh, you know, was I've been involved in the game for a long time now since I believe I started playing in 96, not as long as you obviously, but uh, you know, I'm at the point where like I want to give back in some way as well. So whether that means coaching or podcasting or doing whatever I can to promote the sport is what I'm about at this point.
1: Yeah, look, it's, it's, it it is a great game and it's a global game. And um, you know, one of the things that I try and instill in my high school that I coach is that um, I'm, I'm, I'm not out there to create, you know, world star rugby players. I'm more, in all honesty, I feel that I'm out there to create rugby supporters yeah. for life. And, and and you know, most of these young boys and girls, when they've finished high school, they have the option to play if they want to, and it's a great game to be able to continue to play. But if they choose not to, and it was just something they wanted to play with their mates at school, then hopefully going forward, they may get into business. They may end up in the UK on business one weekend or something and be invited to a game, and they can actually converse. Um because they have played it, they have an interest in it, they understand it um and i think if if and 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 even as far as bums on seats to mlr games or whatever it may be, or right. just a local local um men's men's or women 's club um you know we've done we've done our job uh, and i think that's important yeah I definitely think it's a, it's a it's a community
0: right there's definitely yeah. a community aspect to it and it's uh you know just being able to speak to you and, and some other coaches and some other people uh, even in this, in this region, um, I just feel like the networking is just uh, is so valuable and it's, and, it's, and it's easy, quite frankly, because you know you when you 've been involved in the game for so long, you just like you said you share that common language, you share that common passion to promote the sport and uh, you know we're talking to Bill uh, last week about this everybody wants what's best. For, uh, for the sport moving forward, and uh, you know, and we're all we're all sort of cut from the same cloth, so to speak. You know, you yeah. Know. Well,
1: Bill, you know, to me, Sanchez, you know, he's okay. a good mate, and he's he does it because he just loves this game. Yeah. And he does a great job at it. Um, yeah. But there's passion there, and wherever there's passion, you're going to do well at it.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's he's one of my mentors. Like, I had the opportunity to be coached by him twice. <laughs> And then uh, and then, uh, you know, he gave me the opportunity to sort of be a support staff for the club. And then, uh, you know, it's just uh, opening up my eyes to a lot of different avenues and uh, yeah. me progressing as a person as well. So um, I uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about your of your progression into coaching. When did you decide that, you know, that was the route you wanted to take and, and who was your who influenced you, if, if anyone, to sort of take that route?
1: Yeah, it's it's more I sort of fell into it. I, I, I've, I've been living in the States for uh, about 16 years, and I had three children. And when I moved here, um, I did honestly probably missed out on 12 or 18 months worth of rugby because I was really concentrating on trying to learn as a dad. Right. Um, football, baseball, lacrosse, games I didn't have a clue. Right. Um, and... and, and and as a father, you want to be able to get outside and do things with them. And, and, and I didn't have, a, didn't have a clue what to do. So, um, so I spent a bit of time doing that. And I happened to be standing um, on the sideline of a of a football, a, a youth football game. And some guy there had, uh, had heard my accent, presumed I knew what I was talking about and had a connection with rugby and um, pushed me into, uh, or suggested, that I go and visit the uh, the local high school, because they had a rugby team, which I hadn't didn't have a clue about. Right. And um, I ended up there, um, and I was the forwards coach for, for for a half season. By the time I turned up, it was halfway through the season, so I did the forwards coach. Then I ended up very quickly across at the Yankees, right. the Fairfield Yankees. And took them over and then and then took over the, the high school as well as the head coach. So it was really just falling over, to be honest with you. <laughs>
0: it was like happenstance. You just happened to be in the right place at the right time.
1: Exactly right. Yeah, they heard oh, that funny. silly accent and thought, you must know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. They still, yeah. Haven't, they still haven't figured that out yet.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's great. So, and uh, you said you uh, you focused on the forwards and, uh, yeah, that's, that's – um, my passion as well. And that's, that's why I hope that they, you know, I hope, uh, you know, well, rugby doesn't mess mess too much with, uh, uh, you know, that that part of the game, uh, that foundational part of the game because I, I think that's what separates rugby union from a lot of the other versions of, of the sport. And uh, right. and you could speak more on this than I can, obviously, but there's there's a lot of technical skill that's involved in that play. And um, I think sometimes it's well, overlooked because... Yeah.
1: Yeah, i aware of it. Yeah, look, it's. Um, I think the progression over the years since I played to where we're at now. Um, you know, I played loose head prop, and I really didn't move out of the front. Actually, didn't move out of the front. Right. Um, so, you know, when we played, you you were miles apart. It was, in, in all honesty, it was quite dangerous back right. in the '80s, the late '70s, '80s. Um, where you were coming in at a very high high rate of knots and and really trying to push the opposite opposition off. And it was all size-based. Your your front row didn't need to do anything else for 80 minutes except scrum. Right. Um, They weren't expected to be anywhere near the ball. They weren't expected to be anywhere near a play. Um, If they managed to get the ball, it's because someone actually came their way. (laughs) Um, So so, um, I didn't treat the game that way. I might add. I give you the t- I actually thought it was a good idea to be fit so um but but you know I, I think what world rugby has done over the years has created um I think the scrum is is magnificent as it is right now. I know people complain about it. I know we have a lot of resets and things of that nature at the moment. It seems to be going through a bit of an issue with that um you know. My personal opinion is just keep resetting. I don't care. Uh, I love watching it, um, but I know it's a bit of a, a, a it's a bit frustrating for a lot of um, you know spectators and fans and what have you, and and it does get wearing and taxing on the on, on the Fords. But um, I think if we can just tweak a couple of things in that area to stop those um, collapses right. um, or penalise a lot faster. Um, I think what we have right now with our with our engagement and our cadence and all of those sort of things are just brilliant, and it really and you can put different sizes in there. You don't have to be this massive, massive guy anymore. If you're a strong, solid young man um, with a will to win um, and, and and technically correct, right? You, you can't you can't be beat.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like do you feel like uh uh, not only the front row but the pack in general they're just becoming more dynamic athletes and uh
1: unbelievable and, the, 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 you, yeah, know, the, uh, you know that you, you, your second rows have got a lot to do and you
0: yeah
1: and, and your right is it you know and your flankers and, and your front row and it, it all starts at one and that's why we are numbered one through 15 yeah and um you know it, it starts there and works its way back and and i think i'm a massive believer in, in in um in confidence play of where if our forwards are dominating the opposition that's also making our backs um far more confident um than they were a few minutes ago because they're finding that they have they're they're able to step forward rather than step back right you know and um there's so much when you have dominance like that that confidence just comes through um but you've got to be taught the technical part of that game. It's just, it's like a chess game, but the scrum's a chess game. And, um, you know, you may want to hold it still. You may want to move it. You may want to drive it. You may, you know, there's a million different things you can do to it. Um, if you're a smart pack, um, and if you talk correctly.
0: Yeah. Like to your point, I was talking to, uh, Phil, I had a conversation with Phil Torigno the other day and, uh, uh, you know, what you said earlier about you know it wasn't too long ago where the strategy was just to annoy the front the other opposition's front row you know <laughs> and uh, now the game seems like the game is just becoming so much more cerebral not, not just in the attack not just in the backs but also you know 1 through 15 um,
1: yeah it's um, a, it's a beautiful game the way yeah. it is now and you know there's there's a lot of talk now about this 50 22 rule. Right, um, but they're trialling in the southern hemisphere. Um, you know, I, th- I think the biggest mistake in, in, that they're looking at at the moment is the goal line drop
2: right.
1: from a scrum five meters out. I think that's a disastrous move. Um, you've got to stick with that scrum if it's held up. Right, um, you go back for a five meter scrum. Why wouldn't you have a five meter scrum if you're held up? You're mm. the one on the attacking side. I don't get why the defending team. Then gets a goal line drop. It's actually a take from rugby league. That's right. what rugby league do. And I'm not a fan of rugby league, so I wouldn't, you know, I'm not going to go with that rule. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I, I, obviously being a fan of scrums and when you're attacking and you have a five meter scrum, look, we don't see too many pushover tries anymore. Right. Um, and, and that would, and, and that still gives you the op- op, op, the opportunity to have a possible, for, you know, for pushover try. And then I think you've got to have those. Have those on the table, leave
0: it on the table. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you as far as uh, league goes. <laughs> um, I know but it's become very popular recently, even more so recently. Um, but uh, like like you like, to your point, I, I don't like to see the, the foundations of the sport sort of worn away. Uh, as far as, you know, I think scrums are important. I think dominance in the scrum. I think that technicality in the scrum is important. And, and it's part of the game. I, I don't ever want to see that go away.
1: Oh. No, I, I agree. And I think if you have a particular team who wants to take the time to be technically cor- correct and strong at that in, in your set pieces, right. then they should be allowed to do that in the game.
0: Right, absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. So this is kind of getting into uh, your philosophies of the sport and you've sort of touched on it already. But what are, what are some, um, uh, you know, as far as your coaching uh, philosophies, how would you, how would you, are you more of a, Obviously, you said your expertise is in the pack.
1: You know, um, no, I, I consider. Look, yeah, look, my expertise. I am, I am a, I am a forwards guy. But I, I, I did grow up understanding or trying to understand at an early age every position on the field. Right, it was right. just something that I chose to do. Right. Um, my brother was a very good inside outside center, and so I paid attention to what happened out there to see and get it. You know, I don't see it enough anymore. Where, um, where players in general don't understand other positions. Um, I'm a big as a coach. I like to change. I like to swap people around a bit. Right. You don't get too don't 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 get too comfortable with that number on your back. Right. Um, I did that a lot at the Yankees, um, and sometimes it really does actually pay off quite well.
0: Right. So um, players becoming more versatile, like we said.
1: Versatility yeah. is huge, and and having an understanding and 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 look, if 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 I'm playing, if I if I'm playing number one and I've never played any other position, but I understand other positions, so I understand what my locks have got to do, I understand what my flankers have got to do, right? Um, I understand what they're going through in a game, so right. I have I have I have an understanding and some compassion when things go wrong.
2: Yeah,
1: and that's um, yeah. You know, I think that that you know, being a team is what that's all about. And you know, um, my coaching philosophy is very simple. I wrote it a few years ago, and I've really stuck to it. It's it's um, it's about relationships, the enjoyment of the game, and most importantly, about the culture of the team.
2: Right.
1: Unity, unity within the team, with increased positivity and belief.
2: Right.
1: Simple as that. Right. And um, I very much stick to that. Right. And when I'm unsure, I refer to that. Um, so, you know.
0: Right. As as I'm sure, you know, every coach at moments and at times are unsure, right? I mean, I, I guess that's part of the progression.
1: You do. You you have those moments, absolutely, where, you know, a decision you're about to make could jeopardize whatever, could jeopardize the result of a match. Yeah. But if you're sticking to your truths and your beliefs, and your philosophies of what it is that you're doing, then you have to stick to it, no matter what.
0: Right, so creating a, creating a winning culture, creating a positive culture within the team itself, and that would sort, that is sort of going to translate into um, success. Look, um, the success, the, the you,
1: yeah, look, on and off, and, and it, 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 the success just comes. It, 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 if you get it right, um, I don't talk about winning um, with any team that I coach. Um, you know, what I do talk about is training harder today than we did yesterday. Right. And playing better this Saturday than we did last Saturday. Right. And if we do all of that, then everything else falls into place.
0: Sort of takes care of itself. Yeah, it does. Really right good. Yeah, awesome. That's awesome. That's, that's great advice. What's some, uh, what's some good advice you've received, uh, not only as a player, but maybe even as a coach? You know, something that stands out to you.
1: I think um I think just I think being yourself. Yeah. Um you know and, and not trying to be somebody that you're not. Right. Um
0: Trying to compare yourself to another player or another don't, coach.
1: Don't don't try and compare yourself. Right. I don't, you know that doesn't work. That's a but losing I think bigger right? pattern. That's always a losing battle, right? <laughs> Absolutely. There's always someone better. Right, right, of course. <laughs> but you know, it, it it was just it was more about just being myself and 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 um, what would I want? Right. Um, you know, over the over, playing over 30 years, I had a lot of different coaches. Right. And I had some, I had a couple of very good ones that I still remember fondly. Right. And then I had some really, really bad ones as well. And, um, mm-hmm. but the one thing I remember about the good coach, and there was one particular coach I had when I was in high school, he cared. Right. He cared about every individual player. He cared about what we did. He cared about, what we did at home, at school, on right. the field. Right. He was worried about and concerned about our welfare. Um, right. and I think that's one of the biggest things that I've taken to be honest with you. That every player that plays for me, I care I do honestly care about it. And you know I worry, you know, at times I do worry maybe a little too much of certain putting him into certain positions or what have you. But it's a it's a care thing and, and, and you do and and the other thing I find that is if I show them as much the love that I have for this game it becomes a bit infectious
0: yeah so it goes it goes above way above the X of the nose of the sport it's
1: not it's got nothing to do with the X and nose mate right, right 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 I don't think so I really don't I really don't think it does it's kind of like my, my segue into my next question of like if you're getting
0: into coaching um You know, there's got to be a, there's definitely, there's a human aspect to it. You know, you're dealing with human beings and, uh, you know, the the sport itself, you know, I would argue is secondary. You know, you're dealing with the development of people, whether they're young adults, whether they're, you know, adult men, whether they're kids, you know, and uh, you don't necessarily, you didn't necessarily have to be the most stellar player when you played, you know, but you have to show that you care and you have to want to
1: promote the sport and do what's right. You know, and well, this 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 is exactly right, and this 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 belief system, where um, I think more so in the states, where you can't be a good coach if you weren't a good player.
2: Right.
1: That doesn't fly at all. It's got right. nothing to do with it. And um, I think a good coach understands each and every player individually. Yeah. Um, And, you know, it doesn't necessarily happen at the high school level or the youth level, but you can see it at times there where kids, you know, young men might turn up and they're not overly happy today and they've obviously had a bad day. So you've got to be able to react to that in some form and adjust. But I used to find it more at the men's level where if someone hasn't had a bad day, you're definitely going to know it because they're actually going to react to being hit or something. (laughs) And, And so rather than bringing the whole house down to training, you have to teach your players all the time to understand that this particular, you know, this he wasn't normal when we were lacing up our boots before we started. Right. It wasn't his normal reactions. So, something's gone wrong. You might have broken up with a girlfriend, had an argument with the wife. I don't know Had to put the dog down. There's a million different things that'll right. go wrong. Yeah. Um, that we all have to understand. And as a team, and as a team, we should understand those things, right? And 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 have some compassion and understanding for that, and 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 be able to not pry. And we don't need to pry. And it's not about prying either. It's just about understanding. Look, he's a bit off tonight. He's not his normal self. But let's just let's just let's be let's be nice. I, I think that's
0: what you know. I started this podcast a couple of months ago and, you know, it's it's changed, just a side note, it's changed, it's actually morphed as I've been doing this. I kind of wanted to see where it went and I'm starting to realize that, you know, I can talk about rugby and I can talk about these, you know, jujitsu and these other sports, but really at the end of the day, you're, you're talking about people is what you're doing. You're talking about people, you're talking about relationships, you're talking about just trying to better yourself and, and better the people around you. You know, and that's not to say, you know, I have all the answers or we have all the answers. It's it's just a, it's a platform like anything else. Yeah, that that's
1: that's right. We don't have the answers. I'm not I'm I'm not a psychologist, but yeah. sometimes I feel like I could be. Or <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not a HR manager, but yeah. at times I, I'm 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 filling in that role. Yeah. Um, you have to wear many hats. It, it, it's, it, as, I think as a coach, you must be aware and understand that there are more than just getting there on a tuesday and a thursday night right and deaf and you know the old style of yelling and screaming is long gone
2: yeah that's way yeah
1: that's that's just you know and if i hear that now it it, it makes me cringe it's it's awful right um (laughs) but you know that's you know i used to find (laughs) i used to find when i went quiet and wouldn't talk right that had more of an impact than anything else. Seriously. Absolutely, yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Like you said, it's just about knowing your players and knowing your team. You know, that's right. That's right. Um, so, which leads me to um, what I want to discuss with you as far as um, coaching development in the states. Um, so, you've been around the sport a long time, and uh, I know USA Rugby is sort of in a transitional phase at this point. Yeah. Um, Uh, On a personal level on a personal note. I was in the process of getting my level I was going to get my level three and I just haven't pulled the trigger yet because uh, You know life got in the way and (laughs) number one and then uh, you know COVID hit and all that, but Do you think us this is kind of a multi-part question? So do you think USA rugby or the uh, rugby in general has laid out a ground or framework for uh, the development of rugby coaches, or is it something like, well, you've been around the game, so you know, you're know you obviously the next contestant. Um, do you think USA Rugby can do a better job of that um, as far as promoting the development of coaches, and where do you see that going in the future?
1: Uh, you know, it's funny, Robert, you, mean, you say that, because i am actually just been elected in the last three weeks to the new USA Youth and High School Rugby Board. Oh, okay. Well, which talking. is an off, which is an offshoot. You didn't know that, did you? No. Which is no. which is uh, which is an offshoot of we of USA Rugby. Obviously, USA Rugby is in Chapter Eleven now. I think a lot of people need to rem- to, to 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 understand that um, you know USA Rugby is having a few difficulties, but they are not the only governing body of rugby in in the world that's right. having issues. Right. Right. Um, England's having issues. The RFU is having issues. Australian Rugby Union's having issues. New Zealand Rugby's having issues. They're all having financial issues at the moment due to COVID,
2: right.
1: um, And other and other problems as, as such. Um, so, so you know, USA Rugby's not standing alone as a as a troubled entity. Um, coaching and education, I think, it's just vital. It's so important. Right. Um but I do think, in all honesty now, I'm a level 300 coach and that level 300 course is actually very, very good.
2: Yeah,
1: I found that to be really fantastic. Two solid days and I mean solid days. Yeah. and um, it, it was well worth it.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I think I don't think we're doing it. I don't think it's I don't think we're doing it right yet. I think it's a bit cookie cutter, level one level two. Yeah, I think level two is cookie cutter. Level one is just an online. Um, I think we need, and when I when I when I say cookie cutter, we're not really, you know, if I remember rightly, when I did level two hundred, I think we spent more time learning how to scrum than anything else, which I which wasn't what I wanted to learn. Um, I guess a lot of coaches, if they if they're backs, they don't get it but um, I, I think you want to learn how to coach. Um, I think you want to learn how to, um, and funnily enough, when I did my level 300, that's where I came up with my coaching philosophy. That was part of the course. Okay. And um, and that was probably one of the reasons why I loved it, because I really got to sit down and work that out. Right. Um, But I I think we need more about what it is that you do when you coach. What what are we looking for? And we come back to individual players looking at, you know, if, 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 if Bill comes in off the street having played the game for years, not coached, comes into a level 200, after about four or five hours on a field, he's got his level 200 course. Right. And now he can be in charge of high school and anybody. Do we know that Bill? And I'm not using Sanders as an example, but oh, do we right. know if Bill can can do the job? Right. Do we do we know if if he is? Do we know do we know if he yells? Do we know if he understands players or even is interested in understanding players? Do we know if he is just purely out to win? Right. Now the purely out to win coach.
2: Yeah.
1: I think is the worst coach you'll find. Right. Right. And I do say that with all due respect. But they're just, it doesn't work that way. You can't, I don't, just don't, I don't think it, for the culture of the game, for the longevity of the game, you know, particularly at your youth and high school level, you need to make it, you're not only getting buy-in from that particular boy or girl, but you're getting buy-in from siblings, parents, right. grandparents, right. you are quadrupling the number right. of people that will like this game if you do it right.
0: Yeah, I, I guess the the, 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 the issue, uh, well, not the issue, but the problem with not the problem, but I guess right, what I'm looking for is uh, there's a lot of moving parts with that and. Um, in the states, you have to contest with a lot of other sports, um, and I feel like, you know, rugby, f- for multiple reasons, have sort of gotten like uh, uh, maybe like not the best reputation at uh, the college level, you know, and that's changing. I know that's changing, but it's changing slowly. Um, and, and I mentioned this in another podcast. I know COVID isn't doing anything to help this. Um, but I guess it's like what's what's there's no magic pill so to speak so like moving forward with USA rugby how's is, how is USA rugby going to progress if we can't progress the process of our, of our coaches so I guess that's like that's like the, the, the fundamental question
1: well um, I think I think I think you'll find that with the new restructuring that they will have right um, and let's use USA youth and high school um, Rugby, as an example, which is an offshoot of USA Rugby,
2: right?
1: And it will manage the um, youth and high school around the country. Um, and we have we have currently working groups that are working on training and education right now, as we speak, That's awesome. and um, and ways of doing it better, and ways of, um, for example, I'm I'm uh, I'm a part of a group. Uh, one of the groups that I'm in as well is uh, competition playing standards, trying to look at the standards across the board nationally and say, okay, what actually, and and some things that come up that are really fat, quite fascinating. Uh, if you're not playing for a state championship, your enrollment in that particular sport is higher.
2: Right.
1: Now, I didn't know that. Um, and there's some data out there to back that up. Now, so do we need to all be playing, all age groups being freshman, sophomore, JV, varsity, all playing for a, um, a state championship?
2: Right.
1: If, if, no, no, well, no, I don't think we do.
2: Right.
1: Um, so there's, there's, a, there's a few changes afoot that could make the game better, grow the game. Right and help us um, long-term to fix the problem that we've had. You know, as you, you touched on it, the college level has, and I'm not saying D1 by any means, D1 is a very professional league, but below that, the D2, D3 college levels have sort of over the years sort of spoiled it a bit, and it has had a bad taste. Uh, in a lot of people's mouth but I think you know that is changing and it's but it's not an overnight thing but it is changing right. and if we get it right at the the youth and high school level then the d3 d2 d1 levels at college won't be an issue going forward right um, and, and that will become more professional or you know they'll have that culture going through and then if we can fix up and 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 make it better, Training and education program that really does teach coaches all those different hats that they should be looking at, or just give them advice on different ideas. Um, then we can make then we can tidy up the whole the whole gamut and put it all together as one and grow the game. And you know we should we should be able to grow this game to. A massive level in, in this country. We've got more registered rugby players in the United States than we have in pretty well anywhere else in the world.
0: You know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 uh, it's, it's interesting. It sounds like the rugby IQ not only needs to increase as a player, but also on the coaching level uh, all around. Um, but Look, like- you're always going to
1: have you're always going to have players, and this is where you get them. I think as a coach, you want to make them understand the laws of the game as best you can. You want them to be able to play, in my opinion, multiple positions. Right. Um, and so that, that starts at the youth level. When you get them into the high school level, then you're starting to put them into a position where they made their body suits or their mind suits. Right. And then you start, you know, you're still fiddling around with different places. But the one thing you are doing is that you're creating a rugby player and you're hoping that and you're, you're making them think outside of the box, right? So, if I'm a number 10, I don't just grab the ball off the nine, either throw it to the 12 or kick it. There's two options I've got there. That's not what I do. There's a million different options that I have, right? Um, and I have to tackle, right? Tens in my day didn't really tackle. <laughs> uh, Mine either. <laughs> these days don't tackle either. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. <laughs> but but it, I, yeah, it's yeah, important, that's, yeah. right? That's the progression of the sport, right? And that's. Uh, and
1: you yeah, want you want them, and that's why if we can get them through, and that's why particularly I've tried to get a lot of my players to take referee courses. Right, and it's very hard to get them to do it, but if you can get them to do it, then all of a sudden they're learning the game on another level.
2: Yeah
1: and they understand the laws of the game and what you can and can't do and what you can and can't get away with.
0: Right.
1: And you become yeah. a smart rugby player.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, I mean, I know that I missed, I was missing a lot of that when I played, um, but, and I, I just, it's, uh, I, I think that's like the, I'd have to say that in my opinion, that's sort of, sort of like the common denominator for growing the sport is just increasing everyone's IQ whether playing, whether coaching, promoting, you know, just the rugby community as a whole just, and like you said, we have the potential here. You know, we have the numbers, we have the interest. Um, now it's just putting infrastructure together and uh, and like you said, teaching and, and getting, getting more youth involved and uh, not starting rugby when you're 20, but actually starting rugby when you're five,
1: six, seven years old. Well, and, that's right. With the growth of the game, and more towns being able to create, you know, youth levels, yeah. kids are starting. I, I I had a varsity team at my high school, Staples High School, well it was about to before COVID hit, that of the twenty three varsity players, there was probably about nine that I had been coaching since U ten.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's a pretty good there.
1: number. It's a yes. lot, and there's a lot of experience. Yes.
0: Yeah, that's that's amazing. You don't see that. Like, that's not that's not the norm, right? Would you Would you agree with that? That that's. Norm. I
1: I I I I, w- I would agree uh, across uh, nationally. I would agree, right. but 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 it's growing. Youth people are understanding now. Yeah. That and it look it's it's popular here. You know, I I think my town when I, we started our youth program here, we you know we. We're in our fourth year this year. Um, you know, a lot of teams have had them well before us. Yeah. And they managed to maintain. You know, that flows through into your high school.
2: Right.
1: And that's why you have such good numbers. Right. Um, and you know, it's 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 just a you know you build it they will come thing, and it's work. It works.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. A friend
0: of mine. A, a, a friend of mine. Uh, we we tried to, and I think I mentioned this before, but a couple of years ago we tried to start a, a, a team in our high school, and we just got so much pushback uh, from from our athletic director. And I, I'm not going to lie to you. I got very frustrated, you know, because I, I know how great this sport is, and uh, you know, the guy that I was going to coach with, he was a he was an old boy too, and uh, from a different club in Hudson Valley, and you know, we we promoted it. We were going to start with the girl. You know, the, the, we were going to start with the girls' team. You know, that wasn't going to interfere with the, the traditional football, or you know, not take away take away players, so to speak. You know, we just wanted to promote the sport and, you know, if anything, improve them in in their other sports that they played. And uh, it's it was just amazing. And this this is about four or five years ago. So hopefully, as time goes on, you know
1: schools and high schools are going to get more i think uh, i think yeah look you know i look at the example um up in danbury at the moment where right they're, put, they're putting that that high school team together and, yeah. and 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 the guy doing that has spoken to me on a number of occasions yeah. and 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 where we're all all willing to help each other yeah and you know he needed to start we talked about it and and you know I gave him an idea that you know start your high school first yeah then go to your youth level because if you haven't if you haven't got a high school level and you put start a youth level then those kids are going to go somewhere else right so you need to be able to start the high school and he's got that going and, and I hope he can pick up from where he left off for next spring which I'm sure he will yeah and that and that's exciting it's great to be able to see another team coming up and um, and sure they may struggle for a couple of years and he's asked me to come in and talk to the parents and the and things of that nature so they understand what it's like and, and, and how you go about doing this. And um, You know, with my high school, we have 100 boys and 30 girls. And
2: oh.
1: and I've been very lucky in that regard in the last few years. When I took it over four years ago, we only had 28. Right. And, um, and you know, when, when it's word of mouth and, and they're having fun and they're enjoying it and that's what it's all about, then they'll keep coming. And then when football knows that you're not a threat, right, and when your AD is supporting you, which I'm very lucky I've got a supportive AD, um, just things roll. And um, yeah, look, you know, I we will give all my, I mean, a lot of my kids that play at Staples are football players. So at the end of the season, they go back fit. Yeah, right. When I get them at the, the end of their season, I've got a bit of work to do.
0: Right, oh, and they're shot at the, at the point, right? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, thank you for that. I, I appreciate that. Uh,
1: I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up hope on that.
0: Um, but uh,
1: I, no, I, and the other and the other thing now is that there's so many ads out there that understand the game. Right. That right. you just need to get some ads to talk to other ads, and you know, and 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 they can go, oh, okay, all right, I, I I see it. Okay, I get it.
0: Right. And just it's about promoting the sport and yeah, giving like you said, get, like you said or earlier, giving back. Um, so I want to, I want to uh, you know, um, wanted to touch on one other thing. Um, I want to be, uh, I want to recognize your time too, uh, David. I appreciate the talk. Um, where do you see the future of uh, USA? Where do you see the future of rugby in the United States going? Hopefully in a positive direction. And I know you've touched on this, but what do you think is the, the biggest obstacle with rugby moving forward in this country?
1: just um, you know, I, 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 I want to become a tier one nation desperately. Right.
2: Right.
1: Um, and I think we need to and I think we can. I, I truly believe we can. Um, right. And there's certain things that I think I would do if that was up to me, but um you know, there there are some very, very talented players in the United States. Yeah. Lots of talented players. I've coached lots of talented players. Yeah. They really are very good and could compete anywhere in the country. Yeah, sorry, anywhere in the world. Um, it's the same. Look, whether you're born in Australia and brought up playing it there or whether you're born here and brought up playing it here, it's the same bloody game. Right. It's no different. And right. you've got the same people doing the same thing. You've got the same coaches out there week in, week out, who love the game, who want to pass on their knowledge and teach and teach people to be better at what they do.
2: Right.
1: It's the same everywhere you go. You go to the UK, it's exactly the same. Right. Um, you go to Fiji or Japan or anywhere. We're all, you know, we're all, but, but I think, I think, I think in time we will get out of tier two and move into tier one. And I think when we do that, you know, that'll change the game as we know it here in the States, I think. Yeah. Um, we're heading, in my opinion, we're heading in the right direction um, right now. Right. We concentrate on, on, on grassroots. Yeah, grassroots, right. And And, and you know, you can't have a tier one country without the right program in place for the grassroots. Right. And, and, and if we don't get that right, then we, we, we can't get anything right. And our numbers, you know, we have 50,000 youth and high school players in this country. Right, That's a lot of players.
2: Right.
1: And, um, and growing, constantly growing. Okay. And so, you know, if we, we get that part right, and we continue to move on an upward trend, and 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 inform our members on a on, on a on a better level of of training and education, and and um how to do things in a in a better way, and and it doesn't have to be coaching; it can be administration. Right. Um. And we put more of a professional spin on it—not not overly stupid, but just a bit more understanding of how we need to monitor injuries and how we need to take care of uh, of, of our players right. in general. And 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 we're in good shape. We are in good shape.
0: Yeah, and how players should take care of themselves, right? I mean, just yeah. Yeah, you know, even even their own habits. You know, take a you know uh, some self-reflection on that. You know, and I, that's something. And that's something that I you know I learned late in my career. <laughs> like, and I know a lot of guys they get into their 30s and and they you know they they you know they realize the clock is ticking. You know, and uh they they I don't want to use the word they be, they professionalize. They want to become fat. You know, they they but they treat it like a, a second job. And uh, and I think. You know, I think a lot of players started that earlier.
1: You know, I think that would help promote the sport a little bit more. You know, look, I think, you know, as I said to you earlier, you know, when I started, I was in high school and it was very serious. When I went to club rugby uh, in Sydney, it was very serious. And then when I got a job and got married and had kids, I went to sub-district rugby, which wasn't serious. Right. So, you know, there's, there, there, but it's still, but still, the culture was there. The understanding, the coaching was still there. It was just I didn't have to go twice a week, Right. or I could even miss training because I might have been travelling. I could turn up Saturday and I'd be running on anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Right. You yeah. know, so, so, but, but it, it was, it was there. It was, it, it you still. It was still there, and it's no different to here. We're not any different to anywhere else, right. and we don't need to try and even compare ourselves to anywhere else. Right. This is this is a country with a lot of very very good rugby players in it. Yeah. And anyone who doesn't think the states can can field a good rugby side is is kidding themselves because we really can.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully, you know, in the future, you know, more players are exposed. Um, and hopefully, you know, all these moving parts move in the right direction and we could all learn and, and move the sport forward, you know, like you're doing, which, you know, I appreciate. I know a lot of people do. Um, like I said, uh, you come highly recommended. I know you've, you've probably coached thousands of people. You've probably affected thousands of, of players, not only on the field, but off the field. And, uh, you know, I want to commend you for that. And, uh, you know, not that you need my accommodation, but, um, you know, I. I I really appreciate this discussion I had with you, Dave, and it was good to meet you. And uh, you know, I, I wish nothing but the best for you in the future, and I wish nothing but the best for our sport. You know, um,
1: no, I, totally, I I, I can't, I can't back that one up enough. It's totally right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's all about. What it's all about is promoting the sport and
0: doing, like you said, leaving the sport better than you know where we had
1: it. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, and look, there's so many good people a part of this sport, and and um and and that's what it's all about and Mm. and, you know we and when we show that we have a love for this game that's infectious and it it moves on to other people and they have the same feeling about it And, and that's what we want and whether it be a player or a spectator it doesn't matter
0: right right yeah all right dave well listen thank you for your time um thank you for your insight it's much appreciated and uh i hope to speak to you soon and uh if you want to give me that information, you know, please do send it to me and, uh, and I'll make sure to put it in my notes and uh, we'll speak soon. Okay.
1: Thank, thanks, Rob, very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Lovely to meet you, mate. All right. You as well, Dave. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. All
2: right, bye. Bye.
0: Some final thoughts on my interview with Dave. Dave spoke about wanting to develop the United States as a tier one rugby nation, which inspired me to name this episode tier one. We spoke about coaching and the wearing of many hats, as well as dealing with people and building relationships. Dave spoke about coaches who are purely out to win as a detriment to its development. Moving forward, Dave believes in changing the culture of the sport and overall rugby IQ. I want to thank Dave for his continued contribution, education, and progression of rugby. He is truly a tier one coach and individual. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay tuned for future episodes. Be well.